Hey, dear saints, you're listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword. Sermons from Pastor Kilgo, preached at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We pray that as you hear God's word, you would be strengthened in faith and love and rejoice in the joy of the Lord's promises and kindness. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, we are currently right now in this little mini-season within Lent called Passion Tide. It is this little season that spans in between the season of Lent proper and Holy Week itself. It started this last Sunday, uh, the fifth Sunday of Lent, called uh, Utica. It's when we veil the crosses and refrain from looking at the image of our salvation for a couple of weeks until they are unveiled uh, with the festival of Easter. Uh, and it's appropriate then that as we conclude this little series on the six chief parts where we've covered the Ten Commandments, the Creed, the Lord's Prayer, Baptism, Confession, Absolution, that as we're in Passion Tide and thinking more and more about the death and resurrection of our Lord for our sake, that we would conclude with the sixth chief part, the sacrament of the altar. Because there is in fact, this marvelous connection between the sacrament of the altar and the death of our Lord Jesus. We confess, for example, in the divine service, we'll have this a bit later, as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And here we're just quoting out of St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, that as often as we celebrate this blessed sacrament, that we are, in fact, confessing the death of Jesus as well. Uh, This is why then we celebrate on Monday, Thursday, in in addition to the new command that the Lord gives, uh, also the institution of this blessed sacrament uh, to kick off what we call the triduum, the the holy three days of Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday. But that's not all that is going on here with the sacrament and the altar. It's not just a confession of Christ's death. It is that, but it's not just that. It's not just some sort of memorial meal, even though we do, when we partake of it, as Jesus commands, remember him and remember what he has done. It is still more than that. It is instead a real encountering of God in the flesh. Now, this is one of the fundamental differences then uh, between the different confessions the different denominations of the Christian faith. You simply have to go to this one spot. What do you say about the sacrament of the altar? And you will get a very wide variety of confessions. For us, we confess according to the scriptures that this is the very body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ beneath the forms of bread and wine given to us Christians to eat and to drink for the forgiveness of our sins. That is our confession. And there's particularly three important things for us to meditate on and remember in that confession and why we celebrate with such great joy this sacrament. The first is that it is really, truly, actually, whatever adverb you want to throw in there to describe it, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
It's not a symbol of his body and blood. It's not a picture of his body and blood. It doesn't represent his body and blood. It is his body and blood. Now, I I remember when I was uh, doing chaplaincy work, this was kind of a a profound sort of thing that I would notice, is that uh, you would have chaplains of other denominations who did not confess the bodily presence would read the words of institution that we read in the sacrament, and then before continuing to the sacrament would proceed to turn around and explain them away to the congregation and say, in, in, not, in essentially these words, uh, what Jesus means by this is that this represents his body and this represents his blood, which was always a rather strange uh, thing to me. But we need to remember that this is not the confession of all Christians on this sacrament. And, and that is important then for us to actually make this confession to show people that Jesus does in fact promise that this is his body and blood and why that matters, why it's so important that it actually is his body and blood for us and not just some uh, mere remembrance or some mere memorial because as we'll mention in a moment, what that gives us if it actually is his body and blood. Now we say this, that it is Christ's body and blood, not because we've made this up, not because we've just invented this in in the thoughts and imaginations of our hearts, but because this is what, in fact, Jesus has told us. We heard this a moment ago. Jesus says, take, eat, this is my body. Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant. And and these are in no uncertain words. They, They simply are an equation. This equals this. This bread is my body. This cup, this wine, is my blood. Now, one of the things that that happened historically on this, if you're unaware, uh, during some of the sacramental controversies of like the 15 and 1600s, is there was an accusation against the Lutherans uh, that the reason, the only reason why we confess that it was the blood of Christ is because the wine was red and it looks like the blood of Christ. Uh, to which, as good Germans, uh, they said, fine, we won't ever use red wine, we'll use white. And we'll still confess that it's Christ's blood in accordance with his word. Now, thankfully, we've, we've moved past that, and we are free to use whatever color wine. We'd use a rosé if you so desired, uh, because it's not the color of the wine that matters, it's Christ's word that matters attached to that wine, that it actually is his blood. It doesn't matter whether the bread looks like his body or shaped like his body. It matters that we have his word, his promise attached to this. We have this also as well, that this tension set up for us, that it is both his body and the bread, that is both the cup and his blood simultaneously in our First Corinthians text. St. Paul says the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, Is it not a participation in the body of Christ? And then later on in 1 Corinthians 11, he will talk about how if you receive the the bread and the wine in an unworthy manner, you will be guilty concerning the body and the blood. That he uses these terms interchangeably with each other in the epistle. And this is one of the reasons why we hold this tension in our confession. It is the very body and blood of our Lord Jesus under the forms of bread and wine. The bread and wine are still there. 
They still taste like bread and wine. They still are bread and wine, but it is still also 100% God's body and blood as well. And there's a couple of notes to make on this. One, when St. Paul says that it's a participation in the body of Christ or a participation in the blood of Christ, this is the word for uh, fellowship, for communion. It is the word koinonia, which you may have heard from the, uh, the synod's emphasis on the uh, uh, mercy witness life together. That life together is the koinonia word, and it encompasses all these things, our life together, our fellowship, our participation, and our communion. That's where the word communion comes from. Uh, so we should hear this, that this is not just a participation in the body of Christ, but a communion of, a fellowship in the body of Christ and in the blood of Christ. Now, this is the first important thing, that both of these are there. And it is because of God's word that they are both there, not because we've made this up. The second important thing to remember about our confession is that this is given to us by Christ to eat and to drink. This is just kind of maybe a side note within the midst of all this, but it is important to, to note that this is not how it is always treated. Sometimes the sacrament is treated as something that we uh, are tempted to pray around or to gaze upon, but this is not what Jesus gives it to us for. He gives it to us to eat and to drink. The sacrament is for us medicine. And if you go to the store and you get medicine and you set your medicine on the counter and you just stare at it, it's not going to do you any good. You have to actually take the medicine for it to have any benefit of you. And this medicine that we have in the sacrament gives to you the eternal life of Christ. It's why we refer to this, in fact, in our confessions as the medicine of immortality. That's one of the names we give to the sacrament of the altar uh, in the Lutheran confessions. That's the second thing. The third thing, and maybe this is the most important thing, is that because it is Christ's very body and blood, because it's given to us as a gift to eat and to drink for, uh, as medicine, that we receive these marvelous benefits then from it, namely the forgiveness of sins, everlasting life, and eternal salvation. Now, again, you would think that the, maybe this is a common confession of the sacrament, uh, but you would maybe be surprised in this. In fact, if you went and you did a survey of the various confessions of the Lord's Supper in the 15 and 1600s, you will find this very odd thing that is, in fact, only the Lutherans and no other church body that makes this confession, that the primary thing given to you in the sacrament of the altar is the forgiveness of your sins. This was a profound thing when I first discovered it. I still don't know exactly what to do with this other than to just direct people to Jesus' words. This is my blood of the covenant poured out for the forgiveness of the sins of many. This is it's what it's for. It's so that you would be forgiven. Now we have to remember as well that the Lord preaches to the people of Israel in Leviticus. He warns them to not eat of the meat that has the blood in it because as he says over and over and over, their life, the life of the animal, the life of the sacrifice is in the blood. There's a few reasons why he gives this command, but the most important for us, at least this evening, is to remember that it is a foreshadowing of what the Lord will give us to eat and drink in the Blessed Sacrament, that he will give to us not the blood of bulls and goats, not the blood of sacrificial animals, but the blood of himself as a sacrifice, and that his life is in the blood. His forgiveness is in the blood, and that when we receive that, we don't just receive 
any blood, we receive the very blood of God that takes away all sin. We receive the blood of the Lamb of God, not the Lamb of the everyday sacrifice, but the Lamb of God himself who takes away our sin. That's what we actually receive. And this goes back to the very beginning where we're talking about why is it so important to confess these things and to speak to our neighbors about this, because this is such a blessed and joyful thing that we have in the sacrament, that here we are actually receiving the very body and blood of Jesus so that our sins would be forgiven, so that we would inherit eternal life, so that we would receive the the resurrection to immortality, that with this sacrament, we are being made immortal. And that is a wonderful thing that the Lord gives to us and a wonderful thing to proclaim to our friends and our family and our neighbors. What we receive here is the life. As as, as the Lord has promised, the life is in the blood. This is not the life of the random animals, but this is the life of Christ the one who is himself, the life. And we receive that every time we receive this sacrament. We receive the life of him who went into the jaws of death and came out victorious. We receive the life of him who is himself immortal, making us immortal as well. Now, as we've gone through this whole Lenten season, we've been singing this hymn at the close of every service about the catechism. And the very last line gives to us this reminder, by the sacrament increase our faith till we depart in peace. And we pray this in the post-communion collect that through the sacrament we would be strengthened in faith towards God and in fervent love toward one another. And we sang this as well just a moment ago. Let this food your faith so nourish that its fruit of love may flourish and your neighbor learn from you how much God's wondrous love can do. That this is the, we might call, side effect of the Blessed Sacrament. Its main effect is that it forgives our sins and gives us everlasting life. The side effect is that we learn to love God more and more, especially in the midst of all of our trials in this life, that we can look back to this, that I've actually received upon my lips the very love of God bodily, I've received the love of God upon my lips. I've tasted and seen that the Lord is in fact good, that he does love me despite what I might see in the rest of the world. And so we are strengthened in our faith in the promises that God gives to us. But we're also strengthened in our love toward our neighbor and especially in pointing them to this great love. That our love flows from Christ's love. That we learn to point our neighbor to the truth and the scriptures and to serve them as Christ has served us. And this is then the the side effect of the sacrament. It's because we have the very life of God himself being poured into us in the sacrament that we are strengthened in this way, to love God and to love our neighbor and to be set at peace in the face of everything in this world, even in the face of death, knowing that we have been made immortal in Christ and that it's only a sleep as we uh, sang in the introit, that's a blessed death until we are awakened to the eternity of life in Christ in the life of the world to come. In the name of Jesus, amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Thanks for listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword, sermons by Pastor Kilgo at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We'd like to invite you to join us for church, Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have Bible study at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings and at other times throughout the week. Please visit our website at redeemer-lawrence.org for more information. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.